bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. The Father and His Household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change, civilizations change, knowledge changes, wisdom changes, experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. And now, today's word. Now, when you read... The Bible further, and uh, you go especially to the prophets Isaiah and Ezekiel, you find this phrase, and the word of the Lord came. And uh, Ezekiel used it very frequently the word of the Lord came to me, the word of the Lord came to me. And you will find uh, prophets in the Bible, Nathan. You'll find the, the Bible said the word of the Lord came to Nathan, and the word of the Lord came to David, and the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. You find this phrase, but you would never find. A phrase in the Bible that says, and the word of the Lord came to somebody in a vision, saying. You will hear, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying. But not the word of the Lord came to me in a vision, saying. So this is a very unique expression. Because there are two ways you may want to interpret that. And I'm saying all of this for the purpose of serious students of the Bible. Uh, and theologians. You, you can say, the word of the Lord came to him in a, Abraham in a vision, say means, and God spoke to him in a vision. That's one way to look at it. It seems simple enough. I looked at almost all the Bible translations and everybody says, and the word of the Lord came to him in a vision, saying. So if it's just, the Lord said to him, it would have said, and the Lord said to him, because that's the phrase he's been using. So why does it say, and the word of the Lord came to him in a vision, saying? Because what it is saying is not just that the word of the Lord spoke to him, but it says the word of the Lord appeared in a vision. The word of the Lord appeared in a vision, and the word of the Lord which appeared in a vision spoke to Abraham. So then you get the impression that this word of the Lord is not just a statement, it's an entity, a personality who appeared to Abraham in a vision and spoke to Abraham. The word of the Lord came to Abraham. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. So when Abraham was seeing a vision, he was not hearing a word. He was seeing an image. And that image the Bible describes as the word of the Lord who came to Abraham. Are you following me? All right. So the Bible is not just saying, and God spoke to Abraham. That's the phrase he's been using. It says the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. In a vision, Abraham saw the word of the Lord. Okay. So the question we have to ask is, who is or what is the word of the Lord that came to Abraham in a vision and spoke to Abraham? Now to get that, 
we have to jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Because the word of the Lord is an entity. It's a personality. In John chapter 1, we will encounter the word of the Lord. Because John chapter 1 gives us clarity as to who is the word of the Lord. John chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, are you there? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So who is the word of the Lord? It's the same person who was in the beginning with God. He is the word of the Lord. Now, later on in verse 14, you read, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, John is telling us that the man we call Jesus, the Son of God, was actually called the word of the Lord, because he's the word of God before he becomes the Son of God. That's something I would that it's a different thing to talk about. But I just want to let you know, he was the word of God before he became the son of God. The word became flesh. When he became flesh, we call him Jesus. Before he is Jesus, he's the word of the Lord. Now the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. So Abraham is sitting down and he sees a vision and the vision he sees, he sees something that is called the word of the Lord. At that time, nobody could really understand, but in, when you come to the New Testament, you can understand what Abraham actually saw was Jesus. He saw Jesus as the word of the Lord coming to him and speaking to him. And somebody said, well, pastor, that's a bit too far-fetched. So go to John chapter 8, and it will tie it to you a little better. John chapter 8, from verse 54 to 58. John chapter 8, verse 54 to 58. Now, at this time, Jesus is having his usual arguments, you know, with the Pharisees, scribes, you know, these people, and... He's told them that their father is the devil. They can't believe it. And they're arguing with him. And you know. So Jesus is speaking to them. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says. Remember, in Genesis chapter 15, the word of the Lord came to him in a vision. Not just the word of the Lord came to him saying, but the word of the Lord came to him in a vision. He saw a vision of the word of the Lord. Abraham saw that. Now listen to what Jesus says concerning that moment. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Look at verse 6. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. What is Jesus saying? Jesus saying, before this day, Abraham has already seen me before. When did Abraham see me? And the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying. 
Abraham saw Jesus before Jesus manifested. It is the word of the Lord that came to Abraham in a vision. And the Jews said to him, you are yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. And Jesus said to him, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And you'll find out when he spoke to Abraham, he said, I am, I am your shield. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision and said, now, why is all of that necessary? Because God's children have left the home. They've been cast out. They are living out. They cannot come in. So if they are going to be contacted, somebody from the household must go out of the household and encounter the people outside the household. And that is the word of God. We later know him as Jesus. So he steps out to go looking for those who are lost. And he finds Abraham and establishes a relationship with him. Now what did the word of the Lord who appeared in a vision say to Abraham? He said two important things. Number one, he said, I am. Everybody say, I am. He said, I am your shield. I am your shield. He didn't say, I am your sword. He didn't say, I am your pistol or your gun or your bazooka. He said, I am your shield. A shield is a protective armor. Protective armor. It's not an offensive armor. I am your shield. That's what the word of the Lord, Jesus, the word, said to Abraham. I am your shield. Now, what is he a shield for? Why is, why is he a shield? Because remember, when Adam and Eve sinned and left the garden, the Bible says there was cherubim placed to guard the way back to God. And not only that, there was a sword, a flaming sword that turned every way. If Jesus has come, to bring Abraham to God, they are going to confront the sword. And God, Jesus says to Abraham, don't worry about that thing that Adam saw, that sword that is turning all around, that is keeping people from knowing God. When you get there, I am your shield. I will protect you. And not only that, the second thing he says, I am your exceeding great reward. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. In other words, I am the one who will give you favor. I am the one who will give you access. I am your password. I am your key. I am the one who would bring you to the, to the Father, to meet the Father. And when you're going to meet the Father, you will be shielded and you will not be destroyed because I am here to be your shield and your exceeding great reward. 
So, for God to establish this relationship with Abraham, the word of God had to appear. He didn't become flesh, but had to appear in a vision to Abraham and spoke to him, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Okay. So what was this relationship with Abraham? If God wants to build a relationship with Abraham, remember his children have rebelled. They are now outcasts. Now among the outcasts, he's starting a relationship with one of them. What kind of relationship can it be? He cannot be a son. What can he be? How can God establish a legitimate relationship that can allow Abraham to come back to the household? Abraham's relationship is a relationship of friendship. So Abraham, the Bible describes him as the friend of God. Not a child, not a servant, a friend. This is the first relationship outside of the household after the fall and the expulsion. Abraham, the friend of God. If you look at the book of Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8 and 9, we read, But you, Israel, you want to turn to it? You know, go quickly, quickly, you know. I'm, I'm crisscrossing the whole Bible. I told you that this is like a mini Bible service, so I'm, I'm doing a lot more cross-referencing with this passage, so uh, you have to move quickly. Isaiah 41, verse 8 to 9. Isaiah 41, verse 8 and 9. It says, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Israel, you are my servant. Abraham is my friend. Now, so what does the, how does God see Abraham? He doesn't see him as a servant. He doesn't see him as a son. He sees him as a friend. A friend. Then go to James chapter verse 21 to 23. James is in the New Testament. James chapter 2 verse 21 to 23. And James says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? Now, this is all part of James's argument on works and faith and whether you need both of them. That's not what we are dealing with today, so we can move a bit from there. But 23 is where I want to land. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. So what is God's relationship with Abraham? It is friendship. God looks amongst all the outcasts 
who are out of his household, out of Eden. And he says, I want to build a relationship with one of them. So he picks on this guy called Abraham and he says, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to be your friend. That is the relationship I'm going to have with you. You will be my friend, not my enemy, my friend, not an adversary, my friend. Although you are outside, you can still be my friend. So God goes out to choose a friend. And that's awesome. That's, that's amazing. God goes out to look for a friend and he finds Abraham. And he says, you are my friend. We sing that song. I am a friend of God. I am a friend. It's based on God's relationship with Abraham. But you will find three weeks from now that there is a far higher relationship with God than friend. In fact, when you say I am a friend of God, it's good, but you've lowered your relationship. It's okay to sing the song. I'm not saying don't sing the song. But there's something far more stupendous than friendship. But suffice it to say, the first introduction of God to the people who are outside of his household is a friend. I am a friend. Don't be afraid of me. And he does it not to everybody, but to Abraham. Abraham, the friend of God. What is the value of this relationship of God seeing Abraham as friend? There are four things I want to focus on as the value of that friendship. Number one, that because Abraham now is a friend of God, he has access to God's household. He has access to God's household. As a friend, Abraham had visitation rights. He could enter God's household without incurring any harm. He was not a resident of the household, but he was a visitor to the household. He could visit God. He could go to God and talk with him because that's his friend. It's like having a friend in the castle or in the White House or 10 Downing Street or some other great seat of power in the world. If that man there is your friend, you can go to see him. So for Abraham, if Abraham is going to visit God, he has to have a passport. And that passport must be stamped, friend, accepted in our embassy, accepted in the household of God. And whenever he's going, the word of God says, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. So you have now access. So Abraham now can go to God's house. That's very important because before then nobody could go back. But now he can. How? On what basis? As a friend. Not as a son, but as a friend. The second value of this friendship, which I think is even more profound, is that because God builds this relationship of friendship with Abraham, God now has access to Abraham's world. Because not only can Abraham visit God, God can visit Abraham, and by extension, he can visit the outcasts. Because Abraham is living amongst them, and when he goes to see Abraham, he can now intermingle with the outcasts who are out of his family. So now God has a legitimate way of dealing with man. Man can go to him, Abraham, and he can go to Abraham and relate to other people 
in Abraham's world. So it's a two-way thing. God is creating a link between his household and the outcasts. They can come to him, he can go to them. The father and his household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterbell. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensa Otterville, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.